welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit sick this week. It's not COVID, but I have a head cold. So anyway, I'm Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. This week, I have an awesome chat with a person named Brando from the podcast Appetite for Horror. And we talked about how his part-time job of being a radio disc jockey and his love of horror made it clear that he needed to start his own horror podcast. He also told me how he felt bad at first for liking horror and how his therapist told him it was okay, everyone should have a therapist, and how he plans to introduce his future son to horror. His pick for favorite horror movie is also a super unconventional one. One last thing before we get into this episode... If you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on the Apple Podcast and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough and I'm sick, so let's get into this episode with Brando. Hey, Brando, how are you? I'm living the dream. How are you, Allison? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, you're having me on this podcast, which thank thank you, first of all, uh, Allison, for having me on. Uh, I am kind of a newbie in the horror podcast world, although I've been in radio for 20 years. So, cool. so yeah, I have a new podcast, Appetite for Horror, Appetite the number four horror <laughs> Uh, if on the social media platforms and uh, I just have 13 episodes so far, but I have some some cool guests. But even before we talk about that stuff, but just about myself. Yeah, just with the radio, been doing it since college. Uh, I can't believe because I'm going to be 40 this year. You don't have to tell me <laughs> your age. I just feel completely old. Uh, just started there and just been in classic rock radio and primarily in New York uh, stints in Massachusetts, Cape Cod specifically in in, in uh upstate and craziness and i thought podcasting was for the birds i I didn't get it for a while because i came from the radio world and i had a friend that i met long story short we he suggested we do a guns and roses podcast (laughs) and i thought i was like that's the dumbest idea ever even though they're my favorite band and then six years later here i am still doing it and uh you know approaching my 400th episode and i've just interviewed people like alice cooper and Dave Mustaine to Megadeth. And although, even though I've been having fun doing that, to bring us to why we're here together, I find that I spend most of my time watching horror movies. And it's just like I have no one, you know, my wife is disgusted by them. I don't have a lot of, I have a small minority of friends that do like horror movies. So I needed it, I needed an outlet. So uh, yeah, that's what Appetite for Horror is. And that's kind of a, a long story short. Hopefully that was still short. That's awesome. That uh, that's so cool that you work in radio and that uh, you've gotten to interview people like Alice Cooper. That's so fun. Um, yeah, very fortunate. Um, wasn't always the case. I always look. It, it's interesting where we are now, Allison, which is great that we all have the ability to do a radio show. But it wasn't for like that. I really am getting old. It wasn't like that uh, for me growing <laughs> up because there the internet was still new. I remember in college where Facebook was just for specific college email addresses yep and Hofstra wasn't on there on there yet the edu <laughs> address mm. so you had to kind of earn your airtime 
so I started just from the mindset of just being on the radio and that's how you earned it. And uh, it's now a completely different world, you know, not just talking about today with TikTok and YouTube, but just it's everything. It You can be a superstar by starting your own channel. It just it doesn't have to be, you know, but I, I took that path. So I started out in Cape Cod and I guess, you know, worked my way a long way up to, to do it. But with the podcasting, I didn't get it, but I saw there was an avenue, had so much fun. But in the radio world, it was primarily to earn it. I'm part time on the air, overnights, a fill in spot. Uh, I think my, you know, some early interviews was Bumblefoot from Guns N' Roses or Nikki Six from Motley Crue, but it was few and far in between because I was part time. But once I started this Guns N' Roses podcast, now this horror podcast, that's what it's specifically for. You know, it's not people like I'll play the music, stop talking. It's people that are going to listen to what you're talking about, the subject. So. It's been fortunate, not just just for our purposes, not for just GNR related, but I always had that connection. Like Penelope, um, oh, what's her name from The Walking Dead? It is, I was going to say Penelope Spears, but that's she's a director. I've had her on too, who did Wayne's World. Oh, cool. Um, she does. She's Jada. I complete. I completely forgot from The Walking Dead, uh, but I've had her on on the podcast. I had CM Punk, a wrestler, but when he put out a horror movie. Uh, oh, wow. The girl, the girl, girl on the third floor, I believe. So, oh, okay, I, yeah. So I put on the, I, I do the six degrees of GNR bacon. So I have horror gas. I used to, I'd have horror gas and make Guns N' Roses connection, but now I get the completely focused where I've had people for the horror podcast, uh, Terrifier and Tales from the Crypt. You know, people from there, uh, Michael Jai White from Spawn. Uh, just a uh, really, it's just been a lot of fun so far to do it. But I'm. A small fish in a really big pond because I've always enjoyed watching people's horror channels for many years. But now to start my own, you know, it's 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 a it's a love letter. I'm not expecting too much from it, but it's it's a nice avenue to talk about, you know, and, and to vent, whether it's a podcast, whether it's on just social media. Because like today, randomly, did I wake up thinking I would watch a Quitters Marathon? Nope. But just uh, I'm in the middle of number three as we, to to record this with you. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, that's a cool story. Um, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Favorite scary movie. Uh, it's funny because you can say scary is subjective, but if you want to say like my favorite scary movie of all time is just a blanket, you know, not looking at it too deeply. Killer clowns from outer space. Oh, I've never had anyone say that, and I've also never actually even seen that movie. Why is that one your favorite? Uh, it's. Uh, I think as I approach 40, as I'm going to be a dad for the first time in a few weeks, I've just been going through this nostalgia kick for a long time. And I just realized that's kind of what my, a lot of my life is like, you know, a lot of my tattoos could be, you know, I do have a brave little toaster tattoo and a no. uh, never ending story. And it's just, it's always been like what I grew up with that I formulated some sort of attachment to. And I think when I grew up, Killer Clowns was on all the time. And it wasn't just because it was on all the time. It was just a mix of what I enjoyed. It was a silly story, yes, but it just looked cool. Uh, it was just, I don't know. It was it was offbeat. You know, I, I felt as a person I was a little offbeat, but I liked that it was with the whole horror genre, which took me a while to really kind of understand how much I loved it. Oh, I always liked horror movies. It wasn't until like a few years ago where I really started going, binge watching and going nuts on it. But it's, I think it's just stayed with me, like the Ninja Turtles, like Ghostbusters. It's just something that stayed with me for forever. But and I, I'll rewatch it every now and then. 
obviously it's uh, it is still very silly. I wish there was a sequel. Uh, I know there's a video game coming out. Hmm. The the sequel probably like a lot of the horror sequels wouldn't have been good. So maybe it, it's the best that it wasn't one and done. But just yeah, just a special. I know that's when I say that nice. it's it's a it's a mouth <laughs> mouthful. It's not just saying the obvious, The Exorcist, or you know, Silence of the Lambs. It's like yeah, those are great films, but. I'm looking for something that I can get scares out of, but also puts a smile on my face. That's kind of what I like. That's awesome. Um, so that kind of leads into my next question. How did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I think growing up with, because again, the days before the internet, what was really to see stuff that you weren't supposed to see as a kid. And I think that was probably with HBO, at least for me. Uh, so you, you'd see horror movies a lot on HBO or late at night. Because uh, I was big into Saturday Night Live growing up, so there were horror movies also flipped during commercials. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the whole series was on all the time. Same thing with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and actually going to Blockbuster and renting these videos as well. You know, the Child's Play. I loved them all. I just loved the, those those franchises, and I liked them. But at the time, I think I was just so into sports. Um, and because I love just why I, I was never an athlete, but I just loved watching one of those geek sports guys. And uh, <laughs> I love comedies as well. But horror was, I wasn't just, it wasn't like a movie file where I needed to kind of say, This is my favorite, where now I could say horror is my favorite. But I always liked it. But at the same time, I always felt like, Am I wrong for liking this? This is bad. Why am I enjoying this person being killed? There was always part of me that I felt like I was bad for watching it. You know, so maybe that wasn't, yeah, there's a whole deep psyche into it, believe me, with me. Well, that kind of leads into my next question is, so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre, even though it, it deals with such dark uh, subject matter? I, I had, I recently just stopped seeing my therapist. Nice transition there. I, I went to her for 12, we still talk. <laughs> it sounds like it's an ex-girlfriend. Uh, but I saw her for 12 years because I'm like in a better place in life now. But one of the first questions I asked her, this is the, the reason to, uh, why I'm answering this way, is that I like horror movies. Does that make me like a sociopath? Like, I don't want to kill anybody. But, you know, if you're in traffic, I got road rage. Those blips of a thought could be like, what if I just ran this person off the road? You know, these normal thoughts to have. Uh, why do I get enjoyment of like watching Silence of the Lambs, I remember the first time being like, I'm rooting for, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him. Well, why Hannibal Lecter? Why 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 am I doing that? Like, why is that the case? And she said, Does, Do you want to act on any of these things? No, then it's okay. These thoughts are okay. That's that's normal uh, to have. So once that kind of came down, that like I wasn't, you know, a, a secret. Ser I, that's how deeply I thought about it. I'm, I wasn't like a. Was it Jeffrey Dahmer, one of them that were making taxidermy? Nothing like that. But I'm like, I love all this macabre stuff. You know, I'm like at the time going into the hot topic and, you know, seeing just like that, that scary stuff. But just why? And I wasn't a goth kid. Nothing like nothing like that. I was rock and roll slash emo somewhere in there. If you want to throw a label. Uh, but I think when I really realized what it can do was a few years ago when I said that I kind of went through this major phase of watching horror. So with my radio job, I can, there are times where I'm listening to what I'm doing and I can't, 
you have a job to do. You can't multitask, but sometimes you're just watching a radio board and you're able to multitask and things like that. So uh, I was watching just tons and tons of horror movies at a very depressed time of my life and kind of going out of my way to find like the most depraved horror movies I can find. You know, I was eager to see the human centipede. I was eager to see all those, you know, Japanese films or the or cannibal Holocaust just to be like, how, how much could they get away with? And how, like, what would it do to my stomach? Could I look away all these things? And there was something with the displacement of like, I'm feeling this pain. I could put it into this person's pain. That's experiencing this really messed up thing right now no horror movie you know not to say that i want to have my my mouth uh sewed to someone's ass and i was really envisioning that but just watching that people don't think that that's a scary movie grossness aside just to think of the fear that these people are going through uh and just like the horror and the bleakness and never getting out of it and just displacing that in a healthy place that i like you're not going to get that from killer clowns from a, of course I guess that's where my silliness and humor comes from, but there's definitely a, a place in horror that's deep and dark, and it's just like, wow, like you can go there where the human mind can go, but it's a safe place to do it. It's it's not you're not doing it to real people, as I've discussed with my therapist. That's a great answer, and I'm glad you're <laughs> I'm glad you're in a better place now. So Thank you. Every, everyone should go to therapy at least once. I I recommend it. You know, for the longest time, I didn't think I needed it. I could fix myself, but it kind of just came down to a point where I'm like, I can't. I'm going in the same cycle over and over again, and I just not the life I want. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting because my therapist, and this ties into everything, my therapist had recommended, because I being in radio, I was just obsessed with being in radio and being at home and smoking weed and just doing, just living in my little cocoon. Uh, but she's like, you should get a hobby. Like, what do you like? And I'm like, I like sports, but I'm not going to get, I like, I do fantasy football. You know, that's not, but I'm not a gambling type. That's not something I really want to make a hobby out of. I, I, I'm, I have a handicap, so I'm not going to you know, join a softball league or something like that. But she's like, get a, get a hobby. I'm like, I, I like horror movies. Can you make, like, how do you make that a hobby? And this was before the podcast thing even like was a thought. This was when I was still kind of uh, doing terrestrial radio. And, and I just was started looking for groups where I, where I was living in Long Island at the time, Huntington, like around me that would have like meetups that you can watch horror movies. I didn't end up doing that. I ended up doing like the, uh, <laughs> the online dating route instead and trying to meet girls that liked horror movies, which is not, it's not always the best route to go because you just want somebody who's well-rounded. Yeah. Now I'm with somebody who's in fear of them. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, it just it just got me through different points, and now I just I don't know, I I just uh, I really just enjoy the the creativity, where it can go, and the history of of horror, where it's not just in the now, like you can go into the it's like almost like that to make a sports analogy. You're not just watching the Yankees of today; you care about the Yankees you grew up with, or the Yankees. The legendary, the Babe Ruth. It's like the same thing in horror. The horror movies you grew up with, the, the classic horror movies. I don't know if it's, I know people can argue it. You know, you can do that with any kind of film, but I don't know. Horror, especially with the graphics and uh, yeah. the, <laughs> what line was I watching today that my wife even turned around? This was in Critters 2. And so 
the girl was like they were in a the kid who discovered the critters you know came back to town and he was in the truck with this girl that worked for the newspaper and he's she's describing her job to him and she's like and he's like you're basically jimmy olsen with breasts (laughs) and my wife turned around like what like who's jimmy olsen first of all I had to explain that's the newspaper boy from Superman. And I'm like, yes, that's very offensive. This movie's from 1988. This is probably the least offensive thing that from that year. So <laughs> it's a uh, interesting time capsules. Uh, yeah. Horror movies as well. And I want to get into when he's old enough. I can't do it now, but I want to get my, my future son into horror conventions. I can't believe I hadn't been doing that for. I'm jealous. I always see these pictures of people who go. I want to experience those for sure. Awesome. Uh, what scares you in horror movies today? Today, it's it's crazy. I feel so desensitized, which is so messed up. But when you've seen the previously mentioned The Human Centipede, yeah, I <laughs> judge me all you want. I enjoy that trilogy. Uh, the first one is scary. The second one is really over the top. You have to be okay with gore. And the third one is really silly. You got to be okay with gore with all of them. And it's not just the the gore. That's not just what I look for. I look for the creativity there because creativity there because if you can make me scream, like I know it's not real. Like this was on uh, Netflix, Gerald's Game. Do you see that? Yeah. And when she broke her wrists, like yeah. whole, like you feel that the shiver down your spine, and it's you know, uh, I just think that that's just so cool. And what has to go into that? I did this great interview with this. One of the producers from Terrifier, where Terrifier, well, he worked on both, but then we were talking about the second one. Where I, did you did you see Terrifier too? I haven't seen either because I just hear that they're just very violent and gory. If, and, if it's yeah. not for you, it's it's not for you. And I'll get yeah. to some films that are not like that. But mm-hmm. he was describing this film and what they had the the scene and what they had to do for the props and to make it look like this and to make the person move in this. And, and I really thought that was a real person with prosthetics on them that was like a complete contraption like i just find that stuff whether it's today or yesteryear whether the technology was not as good how creative like dom savini's had to be to make it look kind of real brilliant so for today i try to look for horror movies that don't have a lot of cgi but sometimes you got to get it you got to do it so uh, i mean like movies like the new the new predator prey was fantastic. Uh, I know there are certain things that had to be CGI in there. Uh, even the new Hellraiser, which is, you know, nothing compares to the original, but it was still good. Uh, but if you're looking for like non gory things, I'm just like the one that sticks with me still to this, the, the recent one, if you want to call it, is the Baba Duke, but now it's mm-hmm. become classic. Yeah. But still, that's like a modern, yeah. modern horror movie. So it doesn't, so if it doesn't have gore, like for me, what I look for is that creativity and the look of it. So that's what the that's what the Baba Duke had. Like, yeah, you hated that little kid. You wanted to smack him. I understand, yeah. but you really felt what their mother was going through. <laughs> just the way everything was shot, just beautifully. Like you can make a bad script better by the cinematography. And I know horror may not be known for that, but. That's what I'll give you with, with Terrifier. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's brutal, but it's shot really, really well. And I, I look for that because today, then I think there's no excuse to talk about how 
you can create a movies with your phone, there's no reason for it not to look good today. I understand money is an issue, but you can be creative. I spoke to the director of Thanks Killing, <laughs> Thanks Killing One and Three, <laughs> which are you know, I didn't want to tell him this. I mean, I, Thanks Killing One is it is what it is. You know, you should watch it on Thanksgiving with your friends, drinking, whatever. Thanksgiving 3 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen of all, <laughs> of all time. It's just like a puppet acid trip. It's not even like horror. It's just like weird. But the way he shoots things, I respect him as a director. I'm like, that's really creative. You know, how you did that, how you got away with that. So that's what I look for in in today's horror. Well, I, I still frequently go back to the 80s. I can't help it. What is your favorite subgenre in horror? Subgenre? I haven't really thought about that. Um, maybe zombies. Maybe zombies. What's your I favorite got, zombie movie? I have my little zombie tattoo. Oh wow! Huh. I realized after the fact because I got it done. The only one I got done at a convention that this is not like an original drawing. I thought it was like his idea. I might get it spoof, uh, spoofed up, whatever. You saw my favorite in the horror uh, zombie genre. Ooh, uh, I know. I got to say the the best. It's I re recently rewatched it, and I did it with subtitles this time just to see if how I felt about it. I had to watch Train to uh, Busan uh, again. It's Busan, right? And I said Busan the first time, and somebody corrected me. Shows my I'm a product of American school system. What do you want? Uh, just a brilliant, brilliant films. One one of those just like is a game changer because you saw. There's so many zombie movies out there, I, and especially since The Walking Dead, which started out great, and now, you know, I didn't really like it. I didn't tell that to Gail Ann Hurd, who I interviewed, by the way, as well. I, I don't, I want to be nice. I'm not gonna, I'm not there to like to be yeah. like, oh, let you do this. You know, I, I appreciate everything that they they do. Uh, but favorite all time, I, I really, really enjoyed the first Resident Evil, okay. that first movie. Uh, they haven't been able to do it right since. Unfortunately, they canceled the Resident Evil series on Netflix. But um, oh, and forgive me, what was the name? The, the one of the actors just passed away who played a major role, so maybe it was best off that uh, that it didn't get continued. But I love that, and I still love. I love the originals. You know, even just the uh, Night of the Living Dead. My my mom, the only horror movie that she ever saw in the theaters. And she like walked home. I ran home. She was terrified. The original uh, Night of the Living Dead. So yeah, there's there's a lot. There's brilliant ones that are foreign. I've learned that during my my horror binge of a few years ago. Is don't sleep on horror films, and and do yourself a favor. Just read the subtitles because a lot of these actors deserve it, and it just changes the whole pace of the film. Yeah, there are times you're lazy and you don't want to do it. Fine. Like I told you, I rewatched. With English, but uh, but yeah. So I, I don't know if I have like a favorite per se, but Resident Evil has a definitely a, a, a place in my heart, and so does uh, what was that one with the uh? It was a double feature. It was one of those double feature ones. It was uh, Death Proof was was the second one, hmm. and there was the horror movie. Of course, uh, it slips my mind at the moment. It was like Planet something. Hmm. I'm I'm terrible with this. I've just seen so many. And so many of them blur, especially when the titles uh, are similar. So, is it is it Grindhouse? It's the it's the yeah one of the Grindhouse films. Okay, all 
All right. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I haven't seen it, but I think I've I've heard of it. So. Okay. Uh, oh, and uh, it doesn't count. I was going to say House of a Thousand Corpses, but that's not a zombie. That's not a, it's a zombie film, but not a <laughs> a zombie film, if you know what yes. I mean. <laughs> I actually just watched that for the first time recently. It was not for me, but I can okay. appreciate it. Yeah. Planet Terror, by the way, I remember now. Planet Terror. Okay. <laughs> and maybe you'll appreciate this. I ruined uh, definitely two potential dates ending well by putting it in a horror movie. <laughs> I just... Yeah. I look back and be like, why did I put on Planet Terror? Why did I put on House of a Thousand Corpses? I completely ruined the mood and ruined my opportunity. Aww. Idiot. Idiot. So anyway, it, it all worked out in the end. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> so who are your favorite horror directors? Ooh, horror directors. I mean, I like what Quentin Tarantino has done in, in the heart, like uh, from dusk till dawn. Uh, I mean, there are the fa favorites like, uh, you know, John Carpenter. I do respect the hell out of uh, the whole trauma films, the that that whole legacy. You know, it's just like for them to do their own thing, uh, Lloyd Kaufman the, the entire time, and just it's it's the same today as it always was. I I interviewed the lead from uh, Poultry Geist, uh, Jason Yashannon, and yeah, it's just uh, that's a zombie film. That's a great zombie film as well. Uh, so yeah, I I don't I'm not somebody who was ever like a huge by the director guy i'll pay attention like i know you know when jordan people appeal uh, i finally saw nope it was okay up <laughs> it was okay <laughs> uh things like that they'll, they'll go come out or m night Shyamalan. i just noticed that the what was it called um knock at the cabin mm -hmm. uh, i just saw that came on peacock so i got to give that a watch yeah. so they're, they're the big names that come out because they put their names and everything uh but for the most part unless it's like john carpenter i, I don't you know, those are those are those are the big ones. Or uh, Don Mancini from uh, Chucky. Mm -hmm. I love the Chucky. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Chucky. I should give a uh, a a shout out, a, a mention to Chucky too, as being one of my favorites of all time too. Okay, cool. I have to admit, I've never seen a Chucky movie. I just saw the 2019 reboot, which is oh, not man. very good. But yeah, oh. I can't imagine them being very scary. So I've just <laughs> never bothered. The first one is a different feel because it's not just so much focused on Chucky and it's just like, you know what it is and it's not so like, oh, Chucky's this breakout star yet where he's the guy talking back and he's, so the first one's a little scary, if you want to call it that. And they certainly get silly when Jennifer Tilly, did not mean to rhyme there, uh, <laughs> joined the cast. But I think the second one, just again, like the growing up thing makes a difference. I thought it was just really cool uh, the way they use the animatronics for his character. Yeah, I remember the, buying the third one or my grandpa renting it for me from uh, from Blockbuster. But like the what the reboot that you saw and it goes along with, I guess, watch Megan. And it's like, I look at them as the same where the reboot of Chucky with Mark Hamill and Megan, they're good movies on their own, but they should not be compared with Chucky. They're completely different. I enjoyed them for what they are. Too much CGI for me, which I said I'm not a huge fan of. Because when you look at a toy, it's not CGI. It's a physical toy. It's supposed to look stupid, you know. But there's a difference if you're going to animate it like Chucky, move it, or like the Puppet Master where it's like the stop animation. Uh, there are really dumb scenes in the new Chucky franchise, in my opinion, new Chucky franchise where you can tell it's a little person running. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like... 
make it it's a doll i don't know that's where i get nerdy you know doing it like i just know that's a little person in a wig like you <laughs> it's it's supposed to be a toy it's supposed to be silly you know if you need them use a, whatever <laughs> but i digress <laughs> i digress <laughs> Uh, so you host the podcast Appetite for Horror that you were talking about earlier. Uh, do you want to tell me how you started it, how long ago, and you know just how it's been going? Sure. So Appetite for Horror again is the number four. You know I had to start. Um, all the, that's the big thing with social media, right? You want them all to be consistent when you say it. Uh, but I'm also very just so what I wanted the word for. I I didn't think I'm that hip, but you can only whatever. It's a whole other conversation. It's only been a few months. Like I said, it's been 13 episodes. I've interviewed a couple producers from from Terrifier, one of the producers from Tales from the Crypt, uh, Michael J. White. Uh, I've interviewed some really cool people uh, to start. Oh, there's a, there's a documentary. I don't know if you're what your musical genre is, but there's a great documentary called The History of Metal and Horror. And it shows the combination of the love of metal and, and horror. And I interviewed the director. I interviewed Ace Van Johnson from LA Guns uh, about that as well. And it's just been a lot of fun to do that, to, to again, finally have this outlet and to be able to talk about it, not just, again, geek out with the, uh, the uh, I don't know if you've seen this, it is gore, but I like to think it's more than that. Uh, from 2012, Would You Rather? I have not seen that, no. So I interviewed the director there and yeah, it was to geek out about the movie because I really, that's one of my, I get like the Babadook, one of my more favorite modern horror movies, but uh, it's also a chance to learn about the sacrifices that some of these people made to create their craft and it kind of parallels to our, my life or your life. So he basically put up his entire mortgage and was going to lose his house if the movie didn't get made. Oh, wow. And it worked out. So it's just, you know, his parents didn't know. So it's just to find out cool stories about that. And also, get, again, a, a chance to kind of geek out about these uh, these these movies that I like so far. So, yeah, I know Thanksgiving and uh, Poultry Guys aren't everybody's cup of tea. The terrifier. I know they're not. But I try to, you know, since it's a podcast, break it down. You know, what really goes into making Terrifier you know, what goes into all the, the creativity of the great team that puts out these movies more than the blood and the guts. It's more than that. So I look at it more than that. Even when I see the blood and the guts, I'm like, wow, I want to know what it was like on scene. Were people laughing? I asked um, you know, this actor, he was in The Retaliators. He's also, all these names keep escaping me. I'm already like my, my parents where all these names keep escaping me. Uh, but using the Retaliators movie, new horror movie, and there was a lot of bands in it like Papa Roach and Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> and he's getting was one scene where the uh, the guy from the lead singer of Papa Roach is over his face, and there's so much blood coming into his face and fills up the pools of his eye sockets. Ooh! I asked him about that scene. And he's like, "I'm glad that you told me." I'm like, "I said like, just keep going with it. Just keep going oh. with it. Just keep doing it. You know." Uh, so just to find out about that scene or how the uh, the lead singer of Papa Roach just went kind of a little hard with pulling like his hair because he was supposed to be like a zombie type. But he's like, no, go with it. Go with Michael Lombardi. Forgive me. Uh, sorry, Michael. He was so cool uh, that just to learn about those little things that happen and the, the dedication to the craft to make it seem like, 
yeah, they it's a horror movie. They suffered a little bit. It's like watching wrestling. You know, everyone's okay, but they suffered for their craft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, it's really fun that you've gotten to interview some of those people. So that leads on to my next question. You have um, a son that is going to be born soon. Are you thinking about how you're going to one day introduce him to horror movies? I am. I really am. <laughs> and I would love some advice because there are things that are definitely too soon to watch. Like I, I recently, my, my latest episode was with uh, Frank Grillo, who's uh, from The Purge and uh, one of The Purge and a lot of other yeah. really good films. And uh, his son, Remy Grillo, who just directed a film about Charles Manson, hmm. or it's about people making a film about Charles Manson. And I, I asked them that kind of the similar question. And Remy's like, I saw The Sixth Sense at six. <laughs> too Too young, too young. So I got to start out with co- cartoons like Ah, Real Monsters, mm. things like that. Maybe Beetlejuice. Yes. Like Beetlejuice cartoon, uh, things like that. I definitely am going to have to be careful because you don't know what was funny then. <laughs> it's funny yeah. now. <laughs> I know there's the Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see when it's okay for him to learn the words uh, Nards for Monster <laughs> Squad. So things like that, I'm going to start them out. Definitely not going to start out with the human centipede. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Oh, you also, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. Okay, yeah. I wasn't thinking uh, of that. Yeah, because I'm usually thinking like it's a Christmas movie, but it's a Halloween. It's both. both. Yeah, that's the the million dollar question. Is it a Christmas (laughs) movie or is it a Halloween movie? Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. No, I should get him into Nightmare Before Christmas and all those songs. That's No, it's good. I'll buy him the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let good. let him start listening to it now in utero. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Because I want to get it. Because I need someone to watch horror movies with. Yeah, my wife's usually over on the couch watching Real Housewives, and I'm I'm here watching uh, <laughs> some random. Uh, it was from 1994. Tubi is the best, by the way. If you uh, that website, Tubi, it was called L.A. AIDS Jabber. I'm like, there's a movie called L.A. AIDS Jabber. I need to see this. <laughs> Horrifically awesome. Horrifically awesome. Just oh. like... <laughs> I, I will take your word for that because I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, you don't need to. You don't need to. That's fine. I, I, that's why I watch these things. <laughs> so no other people don't have to. So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I think we maybe because we're kind of uh loners by nature maybe or as the cliche goes you know just uh watching horror movies alone you know it goes along with maybe i know you're not a metal fan but kind of that same stereotype so maybe so maybe that kind of thing and uh it is interesting to see what trends on maybe it's it's kind of a a carryover from lockdown uh you see what's trending on twitter and these movies that came out like a few years ago already so i don't know if people are just finally discovering horror what's what's necessarily happening but i think it's it's one of those like rainy day things let's stay in watch popcorn uh, scary movies well it was a two-year rainy day thing so (laughs) yeah that's a good point i i definitely liked staying in and watching horror movies that's what i liked i didn't need a lockdown to have me do that that was the, (laughs) the the interesting i'm one of those i'm sure you saw a lot of introverts say this where nothing's changed for me yeah <laughs> uh the benefit i know a horrible thing world pandemic people died terrible but i got to do work from home primarily now that's the major change but other than, i didn't like going out in the first place so i'm i'm good <laughs> <laughs> 
Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Well, uh, Thanksgiving three, I don't want to watch again, you know, cause it was so bad. Uh, there, there are ones like that. I'm just trying to think of ones that are just so bad. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember booing in theaters. I don't know if it's a horror movie, but uh, I am legend with Will mm -hmm. Smith. Yeah. It's a zombie movie. Oh yeah. I guess. Cause Pandemic I remember, movie. I remember booing at it. I'm like, that was terrible. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. <laughs> and this was before that, you know, everyone's anti Will Smith or anything like that. I just yeah. didn't like it. Uh, I guess just things like that. And the, I'm sorry, the other question, just my horror movies I just won't see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a horror movie that I just won't see because there isn't like, I'm not trying to boycott an actor or a director or anything, or you can be creative with any sort of genre or, oh, any, uh, here you go. Uh, boo, a Medea Halloween. I will never see that movie. <laughs> All right, fair, fair enough. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to say her. I don't need to hear that for like an hour and a half. I'm sorry. I'm, it's bad enough. I know that reference. Hmm. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? In theaters, I don't think so. I remember maybe in the opposite. I I did like a faux clap at the end of, of uh, Saw. <laughs> yeah, I was just. Because for me at the time, Saw was so new, that concept. And I know, like I mentioned, Dee Snyder's movie, uh, Strangeland, and there, and now everyone's doing that where people wake up randomly somewhere and, and what's the, everyone's, but at the time I had no idea and it was still, it was fresh, but I don't think I, I didn't throw up or yeah. uh, pass out or any of those other things. Yeah. You know? I, I saw that in theaters too, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and I was a horror fan, but I didn't really know it, but it was, it gave me nightmares. So <laughs> I have never seen any of the sequels and I'm going to, I think I'm going to make myself watch all of them this year, but we'll see. Oh, I guess with that, I finally saw, I can't pun intended, whatever <laughs> the, the most recent one with Chris Rock. Spiral. Yeah. And I, I didn't like it. It's just like. I don't know what it is. Uh, this doesn't sound like I'm living in the present and being anti Chris Rock and anti Will Smith, but it's just, he was trying to do his shtick. And I'm like, this is a Saw movie. You know, it just, it seemed weird to have Samuel L. Jackson, who I like. You know, Snakes on a Plane is a fun movie to watch. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, yeah, his, his, his the scene he's killed in is terrible CGI, but it's fun. <laughs> it's just something about that film that just seemed to try too hard. And I just wasn't a fan of, of spiral maybe i'll give it another chance we'll see it's just a different type of saw movie it's different than the others it's more of like a detective procedural sure so yeah that's valid though um what has your favorite horror movie been that you've seen so far in 2023 that's a new one or is it just one yeah. that i've seen well if you've seen if you've seen a lot of new ones tell me a new one but if you haven't then just tell me one that you've watched i'm trying to think of what is a new one that I have seen because I'm always so late to it. I think <laughs> Megan's probably the new, the newest one that I yeah. had seen. Uh, Megan and Nope, uh, because those just came on streaming. Because I'm often not going out because my wife again does not want to go out to. The yeah. I wanted to see Cocaine Bear. Mm. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, again with Megan, I went I, when I first saw. I guess like everybody, when you first this is first announced, you're you're 
mind's going so many different places with this. It's a girl doll, and uh, you know she's fighting with Chucky on Twitter, and what's the make of this? And then you get all the reviews, and it's so good. And I'm like, all right, I'm really gonna try to go into into this with a a clear mind because I don't. That's what I don't like going into a movie when people kind of. It's more than a spoiler alert. I just don't want a preconceived notion. I want to make my own decision with it. And it was fine. You know, I hear they're making sequels to it. Mm-hmm. But if it brings people to the horror genre, you know, I'm 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 all for it. I'm definitely all for it. But I'm yeah, I'm just for the most part seeing what Netflix has released or Hulu has released. Yeah. Uh and, and Tubi seems to be like my fail safe where there's always some some hidden gem that I hadn't seen before, like the I think it came out in 2018, 19. It was called the the cleaning lady. And heard it, of it. <laughs> it was just really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. And it was just took turns I didn't expect. You know, there's things okay. of that nature. And also another movie that you won't see, but another shout out that I really like as a modern modern horror is uh American Mary. I thought that was just uh Oh, I have seen that. It was okay. it was really I really liked it. It was one of the movies that I watched in October of last year. I really liked it. It was gory, okay. but yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I liked it as well. And I know they're trying to talk about doing a series and things like I just watched their the Soska sisters debut film, Hooker in a Trunk. And mm-hmm. it's so low budget, but it's so funny knowing what they go on to become, you know, all these things. So yeah, I think Megan's the, the or Mithrigan is the, the 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 newest one until knock in the cabin which i'll watch soon yeah cool um on the flip side what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2023 what else is coming out <laughs> what's do you know what's coming out no we have yeah. evil dead rise we have oh um, renfield both of those 100 percent. evil dead rise renfield 100 percent. yeah it's a shame on me for having those escape my head for a moment because Evil Dead, one of the, the the films were kind of too scary for me to watch growing up. Mm-hmm. It was too much. Yeah. Like if Freddy was okay, Jason was okay. I would still kind of be like hard beaten a little bit. Now I can watch these things with pleasure. I'm like Michael Jackson eating the, the, the popcorn and watching these things now. Yeah. <laughs> uh but and especially since I've gotten the I got to meet Bruce Campbell. I hope I get to interview him one day. Uh, and just those movies are classics. I really, really enjoyed the remake that they did, which is yeah. not always the case when they do these remakes. Like, um, like, like the newest uh, Leprechaun wasn't good, or the newest uh, Poultry Geist—not not Poultry Geist, Poltergeist. Uh, <laughs> new Poltergeist wasn't uh, that great either. But uh, and uh, and Renfield. I mean, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, uh and. I was far behind with with this some movies too with Vampire's Kiss. Finally seeing that movie of of his. If you haven't seen that, I haven't seen. I've never heard of that. So it's a, it's funny. It's a, it's it's not a, it's a Nicolas Cage film. That's the best way to say it. Like it's just like what am I watching here? But it's by the end I'm like this is great. It's a kind of like his first vampire film. If you're gonna consider Renfield, his second, I guess. And uh, and yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to those for sure. And any things that are, I know Evil Dead is uh, another reboot, but it, it it deserves it. And and Renfield, I think, is a clever spin off the overly done uh, vampire uh, franchise. Oh, she loves Twilight. That that she'll watch. She loves Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm pointing like she's here. She's not here. <laughs> 
Um, are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you have any um, hot takes on horror movies? Well, I thought you know the Human Centipede one is pretty, pretty hot. You know, honestly, the fact that I, I like them. Uh, I think the again the first one is scary. It really is. The second one is so brutal. So for the most part, people they'll see them once, but I've seen them like three times. I've just uh, you know I, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna take a break. It is like uh, some of them are just a, a lot to take in. You know, it, it, definitely for sure. Uh, and and also like leading this off with killer clowns. That's pretty much you know that's a hot take. Yeah. Um, I don't like ever using the term like overrated because who am I to rate anybody? But like, but Jordan Peele's fine. Get Out's good, very unique. But it's not. I don't look at him as like, and he doesn't look at himself like this either. He said he had some brilliant tweet about like, I'm not John Carpenter, so I respect the hell out of him. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? That's a good question. Hmm. You know, I just discovered. And and shame on me, really shame on me that the um, another movie I grew up with, Little Shop of Horrors. I know it's like a horror musical kind of thing with Rick Moranis. Was a movie before that with uh, Jack Nicholson, and I think it would be kind of cool to do it again, but really make it like super dark. Like he eats people, this plant, yeah. and I know he it's it's dark for a, a musical, but you can watch both and kind of laugh at it. So I think. I don't know. I think it's because I'm looking at Audrey 2 behind me. <laughs> I have a Funko Pop of Audrey 2. Um, so, yeah. I don't, that's, the, that's the only one that, that came to me because who am I to, to remake any uh, any of these things? I mean, I've seen the best horror movies that it's like they've, they belong, they, they deserve an Oscar. And they're one that, <laughs> like LA AIDS Jabber, like that was probably shot on someone's video camera. Like they're horrible. You know, what? Would I do that differently? I wouldn't do it, first of all. <laughs> that That's a valid point. No, but that'd be really cool to do Little Shop of Horrors and make it super dark. So, Yeah, it would be cool because I think that's kind of what they're doing now, like with Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe that's my hot take. I don't know if you count that as horror. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it, uh, but to me, it still pales in comparison to the um, the films you know, with yeah. uh, Christina Ricci. You know, it, yeah. it's not the same for me there, so... I wasn't somebody that's like, oh, my God, Wednesday. I'm like, oh, cool, Wednesday. Cool. <laughs> but I, I guess I wasn't the target audience. I'm not a, you know, young young woman. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? With a horror villain? Wow. Well, because the villain is most likely going to want to hurt you. Right? So, you could, so I, or you could find some way to get them to like you. Well, for one, I, just to get the reference in there, I'm not going to want to spend it with Bad Milo. Have you ever seen that? I've heard of it. It's about a creature that lives up your butt. Yes. So I would not want to live with him because that would be very <laughs> uncomfortable. A horror creature that I would... Could you consider Howie Mandel's character from Little Monsters a horror character to live with? I've never watched that because I put it on once and i was like i don't like kids so <laughs> it's a kids movie it. i know if you ever you know if you have uh if you have a niece or whatever <laughs> if you're high one day it's just a really it's a, it's a fun cutesy fun movie with fred savage and howie mandel all right let me think of a better one then <laughs> i mean freddy krueger would be fun but i just don't want him to kill me you know if i if i was able to be awake 
if I could be awake <laughs> and hang out with Freddy Krueger, so he couldn't kill me, right? That's yep. how the if I understand my laws correctly. Yeah. These these very sacred Lahara laws, then I think uh <laughs> probably Freddy Krueger. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and Appetite for Horror on the internet? Sure. And Allison, thank you for I hope I was interesting, entertaining, said things that made sense. You definitely did. <laughs> thank you. Because I'm on the opposite end normally of the one giving the podcast. And it's I have a lot of respect and affection for people that I interview. So you can hear more of that. Uh, here's that's the professional radio transition. Uh, and appetite for horror. Um, that's how you can follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find it on iHeartRadio or Spreaker or uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, as the t uh, the tag usually says, is Appetite for F O R, or so just look for the the clown face with the slash top hat, because again, it's the spinoff of my mothership podcast, closing in on a hundred episodes uh, with Appetite for uh, Distortion, where I've had I've done horror interviews on there. I interviewed uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. And he was in a horror movie called Baphomet. Hmm. So, I mean, there's there's horror material there. And if you want, go on the Appetite for Distortion YouTube page. There's a playlist, Appetite for Horror. So you can watch some of my interviews. Uh, and uh, and hopefully you, you like it. You like uh, silly horror movies like I do. Because I love this community. And, and Allison, I just I love what you're doing, interviewing people who just love horror. Because it's, <laughs> I'm in the right place. You're in the right place. <laughs> and wait, I want to ask you though. Do you have a favorite? You don't like you didn't like any or didn't see so many of the movies that I saw. Do you have um my favorites are uh the original Scream, uh the 2002 remake of The Ring. Okay. Um and Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I'll give yeah, Cloverfield. Uh, that was fantastic. That was really new. I'm not a huge I've gotten to some found footage horror films, but I wasn't big into um like what was the oh my god the big one Blair Witch Blair Witch like it made me want to throw up, <laughs> but Cloverfield I just thought that was so fun yeah. that was especially being from New York I'm like this could they could be killer people yeah you know they could be killer <laughs> anyway so all right we agree on Cloverfield all right so as long as we found the movie that we can agree upon cool <laughs> yes all right well thank you so much I'll talk to you soon. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brando from Appetite for Horror. And thanks again to Brando for coming on. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at who's there pc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.